Hey everybody, it's Nathan with the Birds and the Lees coming at you on a Tuesday night with uh, my wife Kim. Kim, how are you? I'm great. Good. So we are uh, continuing the uh, ever-increasingly longer saga of the Lee family as we right. are giving our background, uh, giving uh, just our life, you know, for these f- several episodes, just so you can get a, a better understanding of who we are. And uh, if you haven't, you can go back. And there's some episodes prior to this where we don't really get into those kind of conversations. We talk about right. kind of what's on our mind and some different topics, but we might circle back around to those topics again. So we have been uh, sharing our story and we are at uh, a pretty major crossroads in the story is what we're going to get into tonight. And uh, just by way of uh, recap, because every good episode needs a recap, you know, every good TV show is you know, on the previous episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. So on the previous episode of The Birds and Lees, we established that Kim and I had been married in ministry for uh, two or three years when I received a job offer for a new job mm-hmm. that uh, I was looking forward to taking in the Northeast. Um, we won't get into where exactly right. specifically, but it was in the Northeast. And uh, we were looking forward to that because, uh, you know, it seemed like the next best opportunity. It seemed like... Uh, uh, where God was leading us, um, which I do believe he was, but, uh, you know, this was the next step from our, from my home church and where Kim and I uh, had been attending and where I was on staff. Um, but we go back to the day that I accepted the job, I accepted the job about 11 o'clock in the morning and yeah. we were supposed to meet for dinner that night. And, uh, cause we were taking, I was taking a bunch of the kids in the youth group to, uh, to a movie and, uh, we were going to meet at a restaurant, local restaurant, have dinner together and then go, I was going to go to the movie and we were going to celebrate this this new job, and I get a phone call right before we go into dinner from you. And if you mm-hmm. want to go ahead and share what the content of that phone call was, yeah, go so right I, ahead. I think maybe backtracking a little bit, um, I was at work, and you were also at work, correct? I was. I had been at work all day. Okay, so you were at work. I was back and forth with the realtor um, in the city we were moving to, to try to get us settled and somewhere to stay with, you know, whatever that looked like. Uh, I, I had called him, left a message. He called me back, left a message with me. He called me and finally we connected Mm -hmm. and, um, we were talking for five minutes or so. Yeah. And all of a sudden my phone started ringing, which was, um, I wasn't in a, I, it, I just typically didn't get enough calls for somebody else to be, remember this is before like phones were on your hip all the time. There were still landlines. We still had one at our house. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so for me to get a phone a call on my cell phone in at the same time as another one was pretty rare. Yeah. I clicked over and it was my dad's office. So mm-hmm. if you remember back, we talked a little bit about, I grew up with my dad. I was, um, his main person in life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. His other cohort, if you want to say, um, I get a call from his office that I am very close with because he had been there for years and they were great people. And his office was letting me know I needed to go to the hospital ASAP or take my dad with, he was at the office and he had collapsed. So I, um, we did not know anything other than that. Mm -hmm. And, and relatively healthy, I would say. I mean, we, when we got yeah. married, there was no major issues. Um, you know, being in his, I guess, 50s at the time or 60s, yeah. closer to. Well, he almost 60. Almost 60. Nothing that would really lead us to believe there were any real health scares, though he had, right. had a few health issues 
right. prior to this. So I, I was hoping for the best um, that this was just a random act of stress. He knew we were moving and we were accepting the job, that this was something other than that, uh, that that was not very serious. So I rushed to the hospital. I called my boss, which also <laughs> was my mom. And um, thankfully, even though my parents are divorced, she has always been very understanding of taking care of my dad as yeah, I need to. Yeah. And so I called her immediately and I said, hey, I know um, there are no clients. I was in a position where clients would come to me. Yeah. Nobody else is coming in for the day. I'm going to go take care of my dad. Mm-hmm. She totally understood, asked me if I needed anything. I literally drove probably 90 miles an hour to get down to him. So I get to the hospital and he looks awful, awful. And I got a gut. That gut feeling you get when yeah. you walk in somewhere and you know this isn't going to end well. Yeah. Um, so within, I called Nathan. Nathan knew the whole time. Although, again, we were back when cell phones weren't necessarily. Um, I mean, we had them, but it we was. We had them, but like to use them in a hospital, Wi-Fi didn't exist in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is 2008, so, so the iPhone 1 had just come out and nobody had them. And we didn't have them. Yeah, we didn't and have so them. And so we were, you know, trying to get a cell signal inside a building. I kept having to go out because it wasn't like you connected to Wi-Fi yeah. to get out or anything. So um, I called him, like, I called Nathan maybe three times through the process to update him, and they were tragic updates. I mean, we went from. Yeah. You know, from being joyful to my dad's literally collapsed and making no sense on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, within two hours of being there, they found massive uh, tumors, we'll call them at the time, in his body. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were showing uh, spots yeah. in various places, if I remember, including yeah, the, yeah, we had hoped kidney, brain. Was, yeah. It was all over. Was, we didn't it, know at the time it was in his brain, but it was. That's right. We found that out later. But it all, I mean, it would only take a common sense. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the anticipation or uh, anticipation is a lack of a better word. Uh, the projection we had in our own minds is we were going to find it pretty much anywhere. I mean, and, and you're right. It went from, you know, joyful anticipation of a new job and a new place in life to, I remember the very first word you said to me when you found out it was you know, essentially cancer yeah. is you said, I can't go with you. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was, um, we were having to make some very, very quick choices. Um, we never, I mean, th- you know, this is six o'clock at night. We still haven't even gotten to the point where we were supposed to have dinner together. Yeah. We didn't have that. <laughs> and we're still have, we're having to make these really lifelong choices in the middle of an emergency room. Yeah. Um, my, my dad's side of the family is very kind, but it's his brother is, was at the time all that yeah. was alive, very sweet family, but that it was not their, it was not their place to make the choices for him. And they shouldn't have had that yeah. you know, resting heavy on them. So I was making those choices for him. Yeah. Um, it ended up me, so he had a dog and I had to go back to, oh, I remember that now. I had to go back to his house. Yeah, you did have to go back to his house. And he was fostering, so I had to stay at his house till like 11 at night. And I think our daughter was with my parents at the time. I think she was being babysat. She must have been. Yeah, so she was not with us. She was with my parents who lived right down the road. 
And, uh, you know, I remember you telling me, go ahead and, you know, go to the movie with the students and we'll, we'll yeah, you know, hang out with them. There's nothing you can really do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at that point, there was a lot of, you know, I'll be honest, there were a lot of confused mixed feelings. I mean, you know, there's, right. you know, it's hard to, um, you know, go from one feeling to another, like at the speed of light. And all of a sudden yeah. now the whole future's in this very confusing and kind of questionable state because you have no idea now. Right. Um, so what we have is my husband moving across town to a sweet church that's expecting him to be there. And when we say across town, we well, mean... I'm sorry, across yeah, the country. Yeah, we mean 1,900 miles away. Yeah, it was 1,900 miles away. Um, at the time, we lived in one town. My dad lived in another that was an hour away. Mm -hmm. So that was tricky as well. Um, just the logistics of having to get, having a baby and trying to get everybody where they needed to be for any given reason. At the time they were not allowing children in hospitals that added a whole nother, there was a flu outbreak or something Yeah, uh, yeah. that added a whole nother level because you were leaving in two weeks to go across the country. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, it was 1200 miles, not, it was 19 oh, okay. hours, 1200 miles. So <laughs> well, just so we know, it, it doesn't matter. It was very, long. very long flight. Um, but for my purposes, I got to be, then there was the look on the doctor's face and I never had to hear the words it's terminal because the minute they did the x-rays in the emergency room, I knew. Mm. And so by 10 o'clock at night, I had gone from going with my sweet little family across the country to a new church to now I've got to figure out how to take care of my father who is dying and be a good mom and yeah. a good wife and part of this church across the country. Yeah. And, and having only been married really two years, I mean, right. uh, four, four, we've been, yes, we've been married four at this point Okay, because we were married in 2004. This was 2008, okay. almost four. Um, and so, you know, still four is not very long. Right. It's it's not long at all. And, right. you know, it, I, I won't be, I'm not proud to say that there was a lot of really difficult, uh, feelings for me in hearing, I can't go with you. Um, because that's, you know, I get it. I, and, and in hindsight, I completely understand the situation and a lot of people have, have helped me, you know, over time understand. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. Right. Um, but you know, it is a punch, you know, yeah. cause you're, 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 you learn that families always, you know, the, the family you go together and, you know, but you never talk about unique circumstances where, you know, one spouse maybe has, is the, all the parent has. And, right. you know, so it's, uh, it was, I think for both of us, there were, you know, obviously you were face to face with what was going on mm -hmm. and I'm on the periphery trying to figure out, okay, do I not go? Do I tell them I right. can't right now um, or turn the job down? Because I up to this point, I can still I can still stay where I'm at, right. I think. Right. You know, who knows? But who knows? But, you know, what do you do? You've just agreed to this, mm -hmm. you know, and they've put together moving packages and and right. everything. So, um, you know, I just I don't. Interestingly enough, I can remember pretty much everything about that day, but I can't remember a whole lot after that. That's funny because I, I really only remember getting the call. Yeah. And the doctor coming in and the look on their face. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's it. Yeah. I can remember your phone call to me. I can remember, uh, everything leading up to that. The only, where I start to kind of 
I don't remember the conversation that night. I don't re- after we got home. I don't, I don't think there was one. I think we just went in and went to bed. Because I don't think I got home till about one. Maybe that was it. I had to go help my dad with the foster dog. Oh, and we brought his dog to our house. Yeah, we did. I think so, I went and got. I think I went and got our daughter and. Oh yeah. Yeah, came home yeah, after and. The movie. And put her to bed. And then that was pretty Mm -hmm. much it. And, uh, you know, really interestingly enough, from there until the point we made the announcement at the current church we were at that that I was leaving, I don't remember anything. And that was about a week. I do remember it because we had to make a, the next day, I had to figure out what we were going to do. Yeah. Like I did, I had no more time than one day. So what we were going to do was sell both of our houses and move them up to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that was... That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yep. know what else to do. Yeah. So we were headed to Pittsburgh and, uh, you know, yeah, we had to figure this out. And then it becomes a situation of how long, um, how long does this take? How long do you get till you can right. get Doctor's there? Doctor's appointments, getting him everywhere he needed yeah. to be. He was not admitted to the hospital, if I remember. No, he must have been because we his dog so he must have been in the hospital i think he was in the hospital for a little bit and then he came i think he came to our house to stay after i had moved out that's when he had the brain surgery isn't it i think so and so he did not come to the house until i left right so so he went into the hospital in the emergency room and then spent like three no like five weeks in the hospital something like that and i during that time span listed both of our homes Mm -hmm. staged boxed up moved listed and sold both of them yeah and yeah i think so because i left on august 15th um actually rode with my dad and i remember that day because i had to say goodbye that was the hardest goodbye i think i've ever done is i said goodbye to you i said goodbye to uh, our daughter and then jumped in the car and drove to a place that i'd only been to once for an interview Yes. And um, was going to live over a garage, which was a, a nice apartment over a garage. Mm-hmm. You know, that was nicer than anything I could anticipate. Um, but that was a long drive because I just didn't know, you know, you're in this like shell shock kind of thing. Yep. And, uh, you know, you get there and, you know, the very first thing, you know, you have to call people and say, hey, I'm coming, but Kim's not. And here's the situation that's going on. And uh, to be honest with you, there are some places that uh, do not see a husband and wife in that situation as being any other option than you drag your wife with you. Right. And uh, yeah. so there was a lot of, you know, you're, you're immediately going into a job where it should have been one thing, it becomes another. Right. You know, you there's contention. There's there's already there's, changes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you've already got to learn something new and you're going to a place that you don't know anybody, mm-hmm. but a few people that you've met once. And in the meantime, you're going by yourself or you're back home by yourself. Not really by yourself. You've, mm-hmm. you, you're taking care of dad and you're taking care of daughter and dogs and selling houses and everything. And, um, you know. At the same time, I'm hearing, okay, when you when is your wife going to get here? And then I'm speaking because I'm trying. I've got you know two things on either side of me, telling me what to do. And so it was, you know, to be honest, it, it was not done well. I, you know, I I acknowledge that um, it was not the most fun thing in the world. And it was probably uh, looking back, um, it was a it was probably some of the worst months I've ever experienced. Well, I mean. Saying it was months as being very generous, really it was 
Well, it was two years. years, But we'll get to more of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely um, what I wanted to be a really solid, fun, um, engaged move for all of us and to have an adventure going across the country turned into um, just an awful emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there was certainly some families on both ends that um, just knocked it out of the park in service and loving. And I'm not saying any of that did not happen. No, it we had people who took care of did. us. Yeah. Um, but the emotional toll of the decisions I had to make, you know, thankfully there was no one else because I don't have any siblings. He was not married. Yeah. I could make those decisions quickly and nobody was there to tell me no. Yeah, you're not, there's no contention or anything like that. Right. That could have, I can't imagine what that would have been like trying to move across the country and making decisions literally with it. You know, okay, well, here's the new diagnosis. Well, I got to make a decision tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm so thankful for all the families that, you know, helped and kicked in because there was so much that they did providing meals and um, there was just some really, there were some days that I had a role. And that's all I ate all day because I didn't have time to do anything yeah. else. Well, you know, we get to this point where, you know, we get there, your dad's diagnosed. We feel that things are kind of getting to a place where we have a little bit of a plan. And that plan was originally to bring him up. And we were looking for houses right. that did that. And the housing situation took a little bit. Yep. Um, we eventually did find a house. We found a house and uh, closed on it um, a couple days before Christmas. Uh, well, maybe about a week before Christmas, and then you went back to Dallas. Um, you flew back here. And so we ended up as a family kind of agreeing on I would stay in Dallas half time, kind of set him up for being alone for a few weeks, yeah. and then I would come back to Pit- to where we lived, and Pittsburgh. Then, yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh, and then I would stay there for a few weeks, and then I'd go back and see. So I was living across the country yeah we were and then when i had the chance i would come home i would come back to dallas you know for a week or a Mm -hmm. weekend and and stay Mm -hmm. here um you know and in between there you're staying with your mom who then moved uh got a new in the middle of that i thought she moved in the middle of that maybe not maybe she had just moved i can't remember yeah so they moved in they had moved into a new house they were having some renovations done so you were Mm -hmm. staying there um you know, meanwhile, we're your the moving company, which is through the church, is <laughs> you're trying to figure out what's going to go, what's going to stay. You got to fill up right. two moving tr- two houses those, on moving trucks. Those sweet movers. So it ended up being that our house, both of them were closing within like three days of each other, and so we essentially boxed up everything at my dad's house in type. I mean, the, you know, it was like all the pantry supplies all the cups and all the dishes threw them on a truck oh yeah and did not i didn't have the bandwidth or the time to think i need to separate these yeah so when nathan sweet nathan (laughs) um when the truck got to the new house (laughs) that was funny (laughs) the truck gets to the new house it is freezing it was uh five degrees outside the day that they showed it might have actually been in the negative i don't know it was cold and poor guy. I told him, I was like, just put everything you can down in the basement and I will go through it when I get there. Yeah. It was funny because, uh, uh, it, I think it actually was like minus two, but it was interesting cause you have to keep the doors open when they move. So one, the, uh, the guys finished the job in record time cause they were so sick of being out in the cold. They moved two house worth 
two houses worth of stuff into the home Mm -hmm. in like two, three hours. It was pretty amazing. And they had a huge crew. The second thing was that the internal temperature of the house dropped down to 25 degrees and it took me an entire day and I had to stay at the, I lived in the house for a couple days. And yeah, uh, the heat was a little tricky. It took the us a heat while was, to figure that was out. was tricky. I mean, it was on. It just took a long time to get it back up to that temperature. So the first yeah. night I was freezing yeah. um, and, you know, sleeping on a mattress. But, you know, we get back here. It was actually Christmas uh, Eve. I flew back or day before Christmas Eve. Yeah. We closed on our house on Christmas Eve, uh, the one here. And uh, we closed that and took care of all that. And we got a, we got a Christmas together. And, and I do remember, you know, uh, I think you, this was the year that you and I came back up bef- and your mom brought Jessica up uh, at New Year's. We came back together. Some of that, some of those details all kind of run together. together. Yeah. But we came back together and then Jessica came up with your mom and we, we spent time unpacking. And, you know, the, the other side of that is, you know, meanwhile, I'm trying to get into this new job and immediately from the beginning in the new job, I realized some, and I had mentioned this before, you know, this thing, this whole situation taught me in, in, in regards to a job that you really have to listen to what's being said. But, you know, I get into this job immediately, and uh, the situation was that the previous youth pastor had been there for some time, was well-loved by everybody, had great relationships with people, and um, he, you know, you're in this place where everyone's comparing you to him the whole time, and everything you do is measured against who this person is. Um, And, you know, you hear a lot of, well, you know, you can't measure up, you got big shoes to fill, or... You know, uh, leadership is coming to you going, you know, if I was in your position, this is what I would do. I actually had somebody come up and say, uh, well, we're waiting to see what kind of bang for our buck we get from you. So immediately it feels like I'm, I'm to be honest with you, I'm in a hostile environment. I know yeah. there were a lot of great people, but, you know, I've never really, uh, you know, I've talked about this, but, um, and I've talked about the aftermath of this, but from right. the very beginning, it was not, I did not feel good there. You know, I've always told you that one of the, oddest reactions I ever had with that church that really struck me as funny is when you were interviewing and I came into you do you know where I'm going with this Uh, I'm trying to remember yeah I I, it came to the part where they interviewed me with yes and so we were talking about you know they asked me some questions like what are your best qualities what are your worst qualities all those kind of things and um we got to the dog that we had at the time. Oh, so, yeah. So Carly was, we mentioned Carly before. She was a trained um, working dog and absolutely amazing in demeanor, super fun, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, good with kids. And they asked, you know, who, who does your family comprise of? And I said, well, um, Nathan and Jessica and my other child, Carly. And I explained who she was, what I did, yeah, my background. Yeah. And the response was like I was talking about an alien. Yeah, they weren't, there weren't, <laughs> you know, this wasn't a, these weren't people who really saw, weren't, you know, not a lot of them had dogs and stuff. So it was really right. funny because there was a lot of like, what? But that was my first like twinge in my stomach of like, that's a weird reaction to yeah. a pet. Um, That's a working dog, like. That, well, I don't know. It was just kind of it was an interesting reaction that really threw off 
Yeah. Anyways, well, that was my first. And so yours was definitely. When I got there, you know, and, and, and it's a hard, you know, the Northeast is very different from, from Texas and the South, right? You know, people right. are very blunt and direct. And I don't think they're intentionally being mean, but, but no. they just, you know, there's a different attitude. Uh, Pittsburgh is, you know, it's a cool city um, and people are very proud of it, but there's always a sense of you're an outsider. Yeah. If you're the, if you're not from there. And that has its benefits. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot of uh, close knit, you know, city pride, but mm-hmm. I just remember sitting there and early on feeling, feeling very, I mean, not just on top of the fact that you were here, but you know, you just don't ever feel like you're going to fit there and you're trying to do your best in ministry you're trying to do your very best and it was hard to make friends yeah and and this was a youth group that had you know had kind of seen a drop in attendance and had an expectation interestingly enough you know it it was hard for them to let go of the previous uh guy and how he had done things and i'm different and and that's just how it is and i even had a conversation with the previous youth pastor and he said you know you got to go do your own thing right but the issue became that there were many within leadership and many within the church that didn't want a new thing and they wanted it to be what it was and there's personality differences i think there's something worth stopping and talking about here for a minute as far as we want this to be a ministry to those who are working in ministry yeah and how you treat those that are coming in yeah that looks like well Um, yeah i agree and and i've had the opportunity in you know now to be in a position where someone who works uh for you know who's i'm directly supervising is in that position to step down and i think handled it well in the fact that you've got to get back and you've got to step aside for the new guy to come in to uh you know, or the new person to come in to, to make those relationships. And in fact, when the person took over for me here in Dallas, um, Mm. you know, I made that, I made that distance too. And looking back on it, you know, I really honestly think I lost some relationships with students because of that. Cause I don't think they understood. And, you know, really it was, we had to do that to support the guy who was in there. And, uh, you know, I think, and, you know, there are days where that, you know, kind of hurts a little bit because, um, some of that, and, and, you know, as we get into the story it's probably going to get a little more raw than, you know, raw and little, you know, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is just the beginning. This is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. This is where it kind of starts, you know. And, you know, looking back now, you know, we're at a point in our life where, um, you know, there are people who we were very, very tied into in those in that mm-hmm. stage of life who um, now we don't speak to, we don't talk to, not because they did anything wrong, but it's, it's almost like we were forgotten. And we, we'll find that out later when we return because uh, we're going to come back to Dallas in this right. story. Um, and we pretty much were. Yeah, I mean, it's like the whole world moved on, and that's hard, and that does happen, but it, it, it does feel like um, when you return, with the exception of a few, yeah, um, that you know, you're all of a sudden forgotten, and that's hard when you put seven years into a church mm-hmm. um, to feel that you're easily replaced. Right. On top of that, you know, the situation w- which we're going to get to when you do return, and, and there's so much to this story that I don't want to take like 12 episodes to get well I, you know i think we can dig down topically on things yeah. um we'll save the 12 episodes for our book yeah for the book we'll write <laughs> no um you know ultimately where this is all heading is um you know three we were there three years 
Yeah. Three years of up and down. And in the middle of that, you know, from the very beginning, we have your dad being diagnosed. Yeah. We uh, have to live in two separate places, kind of commuting and only seeing each other for a few weeks at a time. And then, you know, a month or two in between. So, so dad was diagnosed in July. July. Um, um, you moved here or we sold August. houses and stuff. Yeah. Well, so yeah, you moved here and you moved to Pittsburgh in August. In Pittsburgh in August. Houses were for sale. I was taking care of my dad in the hospital yeah. and at our home while it was being Yeah, shown. you were kind of back and forth <laughs> between the two. Um, And then I, the houses got contracts and we bought a house. Yeah, we bought a house. In November. Yeah, late November. And then December, my dad is still in and out of the hospital. I'm still yep. taking care of him. You go to live in the new house we close on. Yep. And get all our stuff there. Yeah. Sometime December, January. December, January. And then you're back up there for a little while. And this is where this little pattern starts when you're here. You're with me. Mm -hmm. Is You're with me. And then we get a phone call from a nurse that your dad. Because at at, at a certain point, we realize we can't bring your dad up there. Um, because one, he's, his health has deteriorated to the point. So it hadn't, so at this point in the story, I can tell you he was still living on his own. In oh, that's apartment. right. He was. Yes. And that, that was, was the apartment. That yeah. That was not the issue. When she called, she was, I know which call you're talking about. She uh-huh. wanted me to find somebody to be his, um, cheerleader or his advocate. Advocate. Um, sometimes I lose words. Yeah. <laughs> um, she really wanted me to find somebody to be his advocate, which let me tell you. So hard if you have a parent in the hospital you're trying to care for across the country to find an advocate that is unbiased in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So hard. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're you're looking for that. He's living in an apartment, and we did get a little bit back and forth on that first year to see him. You would go back, and then I'd come down. Yeah, that's when I was living back and forth. You were living back I and never forth. Stayed in one place. Yeah, and uh, you know there was a uh, there was a point. So 2008, 2009 um, mm-hmm. is this whole year. And in that 2009, in the midst of all going back and forth and all of this high end stress and, um, you know, I'm running into hiccups at the job that are uh, difficult. Um, so, yeah. So what happened? Well, you, just relationships, relationships with the parents, relationships with the staff. Um, it was real hard even being there for a year. Yeah. To connect. Yeah, it was people. it was very hard to connect. There were a few that we did and uh you got really really close to and we still are close to them and still right. friends. But overall the entire time um on this staff at this church feeling um you know, on kind of on the outside and not, you know, there was a, there was always in fact somebody at one point told me that I was not the senior pastor's choice. Yeah, and I don't remember who said that, but I they said that. they said I was not the senior pastor. He wanted somebody else, but he was talked into, and I can't remember who said that. And and that may not yeah. even be true. I don't know, but that flavored the uh, experience, and that that kind of set the tone and colored the experience. And in, in hindsight, I should have just gone and talked, right? right. You know, I'm at, I'm pretty young, even seven years in, I'm still, mm-hmm. and I'm coming off a bad experience with the previous church where everything was kind of in turmoil, and. Uh, you know, the end of it was a bad experience, I should say. We're in turmoil. And so there's a there's a little bit of nervousness about being a part of that and two different personalities. So in the middle of that, I'm feeling very much on the outside. I'm being told, you need to get your wife up here. This is not the way marriage should be. You guys shouldn't be apart. Yeah. You need to you need to be the man of the house and get her up here. 
Um, and at that's, this, that's hard to hear. It is hard to hear, and it's hard to how to process and handle that because then you start, you, you know, you start going, okay, these are these big spiritual men, spiritual giants. You're looking at them; they're leading churches, and they're telling you this. So you're trying to relay that information back to your wife, but then there's all of this tension and anxiety and, I, and hurt, and you say it wrong, and then it, you know, becomes a fight. And and I think one of the things we didn't do that we probably should have done is sat down with the elders at one of their meetings and explained to them what was going on. Yeah, I think if we had been able to do that together and up front say, hey, this is what's going on instead of relaying secondary information, you know, maybe that would have been better. I'm not sure they understood. They understood I was going back and forth to see my dad. I'm not sure they understood that when I was gone, he was there to fend for himself as a sick man with cancer. And I even explained that to them, and they still didn't get it. Well, we're not going to. We're not going to get into that. but Um, And I. And I just think it's worth, I hope there's an elder that listens to this one day and realizes they need to love their staff yeah. a little bit better. Well, I think they do, you know, and, and the experience since then is very positive for us. You know, yeah. we this, this low point is going to, you know, as the story goes, is going to yield a lot of really great healing and good stuff that comes out of it. But it takes a while. But it takes a while. And, um, you know... There's so much that I think we can go back and talk topically about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's this tension and we're back and forth. And even in this year of 2009 where this is happening in the midst of all of that, mm-hmm. you're going to, you get pregnant and you're going to have another baby. Yes. And, uh, and so immediately there, you're pregnant mom now on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. We've got a window because at some point you're not going to be able to travel. Yeah, so. so- so some of this goes back to me being a counselor and knowing enough about um, stress and anxiety on a pregnant mom and what that can do to infants and babies. Um, I was very aware that I was on a limited time span from yeah. sp- from stress alone of being able to fly. Yeah. Because that stress was tremendous on me, responsibility and emotionally. Yeah. And so we've got this window, and so there's the possibility that uh, our son's going to be born in Dallas or in Pittsburgh. We don't know. (laughs) And, you know, and I can't, so people are asking me that, and I can't give them the answer because it's like, I have no idea. I don't know when this is going to happen. I have, you know, so there was a point, though, there was a time I came to visit, and uh, it did end up, you know, um, this was when the stress and the whole weight of it became very clear. Yeah. was standing in North Park Mall uh, at the Duck Fountain <laughs> and watching our daughter throw a penny in the Duck Fountain and say, I wish my mommy and daddy uh, were in the same place, basically, is what she said. Yeah. And did. and that was hard. I mean, that was like that was like getting kicked in the face. And at first we were we were good. You know, I think at first we said, hey, you know, that's just the reality of it. But it was when I was getting on the plane, that's when all oh, of the emotions came out. Talk about that cry. You, you Oh. Yeah, that was probably the biggest cry I've ever seen oh, you that do. Was that, that was one of the top five. That ugly cry? Yeah, girls, in the middle of public. Cry. Oh, it was so bad. Nathan goes to get his ticket. This was before they really had the check-in kiosks. Yeah, I had to go get my ticket. He goes to get his ticket at the counter. And I'm, of course, trying to be brave. I've, I've fought through all this. And you're holding a daughter's hand. I'm holding my daughter's hand. All I have to do is make it out of the airport without him seeing me cry. He goes up to get his ticket. And I try to fit in a good, ugly cry before he turns around. Girls, you cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, you can't fit that. And, and I see it. And we have this conversation. And I do remember what you, you saying this to me is like, okay, I got to come. Yeah. You know, this is the decision. We were um, 
So in order for me to leave, it was going to take two to three weeks yeah. to make that happen. And I knew that if I made the decision now, my last flight that I would have, because this was, he, he was due in April. Yeah. Um, this was about February, give or take. Yeah. Something like, well, yeah, something like that. It may have been a little bit earlier. But I knew if anything happened, it would give us a little time to fly across the country yeah. and do what we needed to do. So th- we had to decide now. Yeah. So we make this decision. Um, you get you did a great job. You got your dad set up in a, in a care facility. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, his cancer has progressed to the point where, you know, there are moments and we haven't really gotten into the details of this, but, you know, lucidity sometimes was gone. I mean, he was confused was, at times. He was starting to make this kind of up and down. It um, was that classic cancer, awful, terrible, no good um, experience that every person never wants to go through. Yeah. And so, you know, we got at the times you were in Pittsburgh, we'd get a call that this was it, this was it. Yeah. And then we'd get ready and then, oh, wait, he's fine. Yeah. Or I mean, he's we, pulled through and you now he's. We had a he's, great care team, but we learned not to listen to them. Yeah. That was what was interesting <laughs> is because they were convinced this was it and then it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in the middle of all this, we have people praying for us. We're sitting here. We're we're praying together. We're praying for the situation. Um, we are, we, you know, we we always are aware that God is working in this, and or I, that at some point He's going to. We just can't, you know, when you're knee deep in it, you know that He's going to take care of you, but you don't know. Right. You know, sometimes pain and anxiety and all that becomes so overwhelming, it's very hard. And it becomes very hard to do the things that you should. Your daily yeah. routine becomes difficult. Oh, I mean, I, I still think I'm getting back to being a normal, healthy daily routine from that experience. Yeah. I mean, it's three years of my life. Yeah. But I there were blessings like the food that was dropped off. One morning, this mom, she was ridiculous and made me everything from breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I just cried because I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. do any of that. We were living off like bagels and a chip if I could find it. <laughs> so um, there were stories of people when I said my dad needed to move into an apartment for a year. We had more vans than we knew what yeah, to do People with. showed up. They did. When it was time for my dad to move out of the apartment, my mom showed up and cleaned his bathroom. Yeah. yeah. What a, I mean, there's, that's a whole. That's a big thing. That's a huge um we could do a whole podcast yeah. on what it looks like to that is such a great example of what it looks like to put aside everything that and you serve and serve and yeah. just do what's right. So we, uh, you know, all this is happening Our and, and, you know, we get them taken care of, we get them up there, you know, things are you're not great, but they're we get him in the facility. We get them so, in the facility. Yes. So one of the things that happened was we were, we had bought this house for him to come and live in with his own space. He missed the cutoff because of how healthcare works. He missed the cutoff and could not make it to Pittsburgh by about 10 days. Yeah. So that was hard um, because, you know, you miss that window and, and you feel like there's some guilt there that, you know, if we just moved a little quicker or, yeah. or whatever. I still have guilt over it. Yeah. Um, and so we get to this point where life seems to, it's not great, it's not perfect, but it's calm. Yep. at least. And we're coming up on the birth of our son. Yeah. And, you know, my mom's up there taking care of our daughter. We go into the hospital. Everything goes great. We have this awesome baby boy in the midst of all this stress yeah. who comes out super healthy. 
Um, in the shape of my rib. Yeah, because <laughs> of being stuck there for so long. Yeah, big boy. Um, big boy like that. And we have 24 hours with him. Yep. And then we get a phone call that your dad has passed away. Yeah. So I had a C-section, mm-hmm. um, just like with the first Jessica. Um, and I, so that meant with C-sections, for those of you who don't know anything about it, you have to stay in the hospital a little bit longer because it is major surgery. They want you there for two or three days, depending. So, yeah. So my dad passed away and I had to call the nurse in cause I wasn't supposed to walk without them in there. Yeah. And I had, so I am a preparer. I love to be prepared for anything that could come my way. And I had a binder, um, that I took with me to the hospital. Yeah. That had everybody I would need to call upon his death. There was one sheet. And while laying in my hospital bed, I had to go through that list and tell each and every person that my father had died. Yeah. And I go, and of course, I'm taking our daughter back with my mom. (laughs) And then I come back to to be there. Uh, Well, I didn't even find out until I was pulling out of the parking lot. I mean, you called me as I'm pulling out of the parking lot. As soon as I could. Yeah, Yeah. as soon as you could. And, you know, um, you know, I'm driving and you're obviously torn up and very rightfully so. And, and so mind you, I couldn't really ugly cry because it hurt my stomach in pieces. Yeah. yeah. So that hurt. <laughs> but the hospital was awesome. They took they took Garrett and they said, you know, look, you do what you have to do. We'll take care of him. We don't have to you know, if you don't yeah. need him for a oh, while. Yeah. The sweetest nurse, even the intake person came up to just see how I was doing. Yeah. And so, cause it's, I mean, obviously it's not a situation that happens every day. Right. Um, you know, and, and we can go all night about this, yeah. but I think it's best if we, uh, you know, as we kind of talk about this situation, because this situation we feel at the, this point in our lives is going to be okay. It can't get anywhere, you know, anywhere yeah. from here has got to be up. Right. right. I mean, we, I think some of that mourning and crying was it's finally over. Yeah. It's nothing it's, can be, can get really worse than this yeah. right now. And this is 2010. Yeah. And so, you know, there, there is, there's mourning, but there's a relief because now it feels like, you know, as a family, we can focus. Yeah. We're finally here. We've arrived. You we know, we can serve people without being inhibited. Yeah. We don't have to go back and forth anymore. Mm-hmm. We can do this. And, you know, that year of 2010 mm-hmm. is, while hard, I mean, it is hard because the mourning process is, is hard and there weren't always great times. Right. Um, it, you're right. It does feel because we were able to come back and have a memorial for your dad. We were able to right. take a week and stay in a hotel. Just us. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to fly Garrett at a week old, <laughs> which is to. crazy. Not the word I would use. Well, he did great. <laughs> he he did, did fine. I mean, he spent his first week, week and a half sleeping on the floor of a hotel room. And and props to Jess because she must have flown 10 times in one yeah, year. Yeah, she was a she was, great. she was an expert at flying. Yeah. I mean, she was she knew what she, she was still doing. Is. Yeah, she's no big deal on that. Yeah. Um. You know, so you get to this point, and like I said, and we've said it multiple times in this in this episode, we'll go back and talk about topical things of that because yeah. each one of these things feels like a lesson in itself that oh, we learn. So much that we learned yeah. and are still learning. And so, you know, we get to this point. You know, okay, we're rock bottom. We're rock bottom. Her dad, Kim's dad, has passed away. Skip's no longer with us. Uh, we have a son. We have to raise. We're trying to explain this to the to the to the people at, at this church. The the you know here's something I will tell you, and having learned this and something I had to learn and, and work at, it matters if you invest the time outside of the office into your people. 
yeah. it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you are going to the office and, and ministry staff and you're just turning it off when you walk away, not you're, you're missing the chance to be something for someone. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but, but truthfully, you know, there were very few within the staff itself who they offered to help with things. Yes. And that was great. They would watch the kids, but there was always this felt like this distance between what was happening Mm -hmm. and what we need. We needed friends. We needed, and we had, and there were some who were, and we're still friends, but we needed people. And and very specifically, we needed people in high places to be close. To reach out for real. To reach out for real. To come by and pray with us at our home. Yeah. And that, as as members of the staff, Mm -hmm. and I can remember, and, and I will tell this because I don't want you to have to relate this, but I can remember interaction with someone in leadership, uh, following the return from your dad's memorial and literally saying, Hey, sorry about your dad. I've been really busy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of where I think I'm going, okay, something's wrong. Something's really wrong with me. Not the place necessarily, but something's really wrong with me being here. You know, it's funny hearing you say that. I think that's what's the lessons we've learned. Yeah. Are driving how we do ministry now. Well, absolutely, and 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 so some of this, I'll be honest with you, some of this is we've never really sat down and you know we've told bits and pieces and we've told it to certain people. Right. Some of this is like a cathartic thing for us just to get it out and say it because now we're yeah. far enough down the road that we can just be honest, like, hey, you know what, that sucked. And I think we need to slow down at this point when we're telling the story. Yeah, and really start talking about what it did to our ministry and how it served people. Yeah. Moving forward. Obviously. Everything that happened from the time Garrett was born forward changed everything. And I think what we'll do in the upcoming is, okay, we'll lay out the story, but let's go back and, yeah, like you said, let's let's tear them off into bite-sized pieces because this is a massive story. We could be here all year. And we aren't the only, we know. There are so many people who've been through stuff like this. And that's why it's so important for us to just get it out there. And in fact, we learned it as we were going through it, stories started to pop up. And yeah. even after the fact, stories started to pop up of people well, who experienced, well, yeah. Before. Before even, people who experienced <laughs> the same thing. Which is funny. We should start it out that way, how that all went down. Yeah, the next time we'll start it. Yeah. yeah so that's a funny one. But, uh, you know, where we're going to leave it is this. We've hit bottom. You know, we've lost a, we've lost a parent. Uh, but we're climbing out. Yeah, we're climbing out, and sometimes you can. Uh, you I don't can, have to get on the plane for like a year. You don't. It was great. You, you <laughs> but here's the thing: is at no point, good or bad, do we stop making sure that we're aware of what God's doing. And I oh. think, unfortunately, when things start to get better, that's when our guard goes down, and we feel that we're handling it on our own, and that we've got it in control. Because at any moment. I, I see that may be how you were feeling. I really grieved. I mean, that was well. You grieved. Fear. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But it, grieving is climbing out of the hole. Yeah, is the way no, I see I'm it. I'm saying I didn't feel complacency. Well, or, no, I don't thought there wasn't complacency for me. Yeah. It was a relief that I no longer had to worry about things. Oh, you know, it was kind about, of a. Yeah. I, don't I don't have to worry about anything anymore. Everything's good. I don't think I ever got to that. Okay. Point. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's wow. This was a big one. Um, so I think it's good. We got through all this stuff, the history. 
we got through the history. Now let's talk about the lessons. Yeah. Because what's coming next is the big lesson. Yeah. And so uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Once again, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can uh, email us at thepodcastinglees at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any thoughts, uh, input, maybe mutual experiences or things you want to ask us or talk about, um, you, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we will keep putting these out as much as we can, uh, when we can, on a regular basis. But uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Kim, uh, until next time. Yeah, we'll see you. All right. <laughs>